Welcome to the Realities of College Recruiting Podcast, where our team of former college coaches, players, and MLB scouts tackle the most critical college recruiting topics. With guests including college coaches, MLB pro scouts, and industry insiders, we will empower you with the tips and strategies needed to gain an advantage in your college recruiting process. The Sports Force Podcast is powered by our partner, Five Tool Baseball. Okay, let's start the show. Let me, let me introduce Willie. Let me introduce the, uh, the unique um, uh, circumstances that we're also uh, dealing with today as well. So uh, Willie and I go a ways back. Uh, we were teammates at Arizona State uh, for the 97, 98, uh, 96, 97, 98 um, parts of that uh, career for, for Willie and myself. And uh, we've had such a strong friendship that's built beyond the baseball field and it goes really deep. Um, but um, I wanted to kind of, you know, share with the audience um, as you've been doing a bunch of team building exercises uh, with, with the, with your, with your team and, and these new players that, that you're getting to know and you're building the Sun Devil family. Um, you guys had a little bit of a team bonding and building um kind of exercise that, uh, that, that happened later this week. And um, because of it, uh, your, your voice has, uh, you know, been impacted. So why don't you just share uh, a little bit and then um, we'll talk about what our, what our next steps are going to be uh, for us to go deeper into the interview um, on, um, on Monday. Awesome. Uh, appreciate the, the preface of that, Bonnie. I apologize to everybody out there. Uh, we had a little uh, team building session this week. Uh, uh, part of our clubhouse rules or what happens in the clubhouse stays in the clubhouse. So uh, I'm not going to share what happened in there. I will just tell you that there was a lot of yelling and uh, a lot of good stuff going on. But uh, the flip side of that, the negativity is I, I lost my voice. So um, it was all, uh, it was all for a great purpose though, that, that uh, my voice is kind of gone and worse right now, but um, I'd love to talk for you guys uh, for however long it needs and answer as many questions, but I, I think it'd probably be better to, Wait a couple of days so I can answer the questions with the with a good voice for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, Willie and I talked about thirty minutes ago, and he's like, "Hey, hey, Biney, like, um, how do I sound?" And I'm like, "Bro, you sound like Mark Simpson yelling at Homer." <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, this is not going to be this is not going to be ideal." Um, so uh, with that said. We are rescheduling for the full kind of interview, and we got a lineup of great topics, um, both from a personal background on why Willie chose ASU, um, what it was like playing there, Omaha College World Series, to then transitioning into professional baseball, uh, to then having a family and how that's impacted how we views, you know, coaching, you know, student athletes today, um, and then what life is like, you know, being a head college coach uh, for the first time and, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, and some of the surprises that have come along um, with how much uh, college baseball has continued to evolve. Um, And we'll go in on some, on some personal things that, uh, you know, Willie will be able to kind of share on his journey because it always, it, it, it hasn't always been, um, you know, an easy path, you know, personally and and professionally. Um, So, uh, and, um, Willie's a great storyteller, and so, uh, but we need his voice. We need your voice to be to be here with us. Um, I needed to come back so I could yell at these guys to direct us. I'm trying I'm trying to make a decision to switch something up. I got I can't say anything. Everyone just starts laughing. So um, I said I'll yep. get my revenge. Don't worry. When my voice comes back, you guys are in trouble. So um, no doubt. But give me a couple of days. I'll be back in the saddle. I promise. 
Yep, we got you, man. So, um, so for everybody that's listening, and there's a bunch more people that have read, you know, kind of rem- set the reminder to be part of this. Um, we're gonna do Monday, um, four o'clock Pacific, five o'clock uh, Arizona Mountain Time, and then six o'clock Central, seven o'clock East Coast. Um, and then if you live outside of the U.S., then you'll have to, uh, you know, figure out the time zone your own. But I trust you. But I'm gonna stay on the call for the next about 30 minutes and just continue on kind of the open recruiting Q&A uh, that we had. And we've already been getting some DMs um, from different parents, players, and coaches uh, that want to learn about that as well. Um, so I'm here to serve you guys. If, if there are questions that continue to come through my DM, um, I'll answer them. So Willie, we'll let you go. I know you got, um, dude, <laughs> hot tea, honey, lemon, chill, sleep. Uh, your voice, I told you in the text, is arguably one of your, you know, top three tools as a leader and a coach. Well, so I'll take you up on all that stuff except for the rest and sleep part. There's no time for that at the moment. We're getting ready for a season, so. Um, right. <laughs> but, uh, I will look forward to making some time for you on Monday and catching up with everybody. You got it, brother. Thank, thank you, and um, have a good rest of your day, right, guys. Thanks. See ya. You got it. Okay, so yeah, like I said, for anybody, this was kind of un, uh, unforeseen. Um, that uh, I didn't know until about 30 minutes ago um, that, uh, but I am down to, if, if any, all have any recruiting related questions uh, about college division one, division two, division three, JUCO recruiting, um, you can just DM uh, sports force um, right there. Um, and if you raise your hand and you want to ask a question that way, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give you the, give you the mic and you can ask a question, uh, as well. So for those of you that are just joining us, um, to do, uh, the ASU coach Bloomquist meeting, um, and space on Monday at, uh, four o'clock Pacific, seven o'clock Eastern. Um, all right, cool. So let me jump into the DMS, um, cause I've already got some here that have, uh, that have come. So, um, so one, one player asks, uh, this guy, Lo- Logan asks. um, you know, what advice would you recommend just getting in contact with coaches and getting seen and stuff? So obviously this is a very broad um, question, but uh, it is important. And so based on the recruiting timeline, what you have is you have different, what I'd call milestones. Um, And one of those milestones is um, as a freshman, your academic profile uh, for recruiting starts because uh, your grades are real and they're kept and they're part of your, you know, your core GPA and your transcript <clears throat> for the recruiting process. Um, the other thing that's important to consider is um, you, where you are with your um, skill development and where you are with your athletic development. Uh, because what we see is we see a lot of players uh, that are have goals and aspirations of playing college baseball. Um, uh, however, they aren't fully aware of how the process works uh, and what the timeline is. So I'll just touch a little bit on the timeline here because this is a very important you know, thing to be aware of. And that is um, for the most elite level division one schools um, and ASU is gonna get back into that fold um, here shortly, but they're willing to scout and evaluate players as early as the eighth and ninth grade. And they're even willing to make scholarship offers to players that young as well. And yeah, it sounds crazy. It is crazy. Uh, but that's 14, 15 year olds um, being put in a position to make a college scholarship decision that might, you know, save their family 
um, you know, $100,000, $200,000, depending on the school. Um, and until the NCAA makes any changes, uh, I don't see it changing uh, in terms of the timeline. So with, with that being said, that's the most elite level, and that's how early it can get started. Now, that's very um, unique, and that's for the most elite players and athletes um, around the country that are getting recruiting interest that early. A large majority of other players, their recruiting process is going to be more toward the sophomore, junior, senior year. Um, and depending on your skill level, it will depend on, depending on your skill level, depending on some of your exposure, um, it, it will depend on what your timeline might be. Um, now, one like key point of advice is college coaches typically do not, you know, see a video of a player on Twitter, watch a player at a tournament, and then go straight to making an offer. Like there is a, I'll use the analogy of like dating. There's a dating process that college coaches um, have. And even before they're actually, we'll say in the dating process with a potential player, they're usually following, you know, that player to see if it's even worth potential dating. So I'm using the analogy uh, um, of, we'll say the dating process. Um, and then, and what, and so what college coaches um, do is they're, trying to identify based on their recruiting class, what needs they have. So let's say, you know, for most recruiting classes right now um, at the division one level, they're still looking for definitely 24s and some, some schools uh, are still definitely looking for 23s. Um, and so they might have specific needs um, and lower level schools, division two, II, division three, NAIA, junior college, they're still wide. Most of them are wide open for the 23 class, uh, which are juniors. Right. Um, so with that being said, um, it's important to um, just know where you are on the timeline um, and make sure that you have an honest understanding of your athletic ability, your academic profile and where you are on the recruiting timeline so that you can uh, put yourself in the best position with college coaches. Um, and in terms of getting exposure, there's three main things. And, and this is like, these are important things to take away. Um, there is, we'll say the online profile stats metrics, and that's um, having an online profile to organize all your information. Um, having, you can use Twitter. Uh, I'm not saying you have to, but I highly recommend it. I mean, we have almost 27,000 followers on Twitter. And a majority um, of college coaches nowadays are on Twitter, using it as, using it as a tool uh, to just keep an eye on certain players uh, and see new potential players. Um, so that's number one is just using your online, we'll say, profile, athletic profile um, to generate awareness and, and, and potential interest. Um, and being able to use, uh, secondly, is getting seen in person. And this is a huge one because this is where a lot of players and a lot of families can waste, you know, thousands of dollars. Um, and usually the case is going to camps or showcases that are individual showcases or uh, individual college camps too early, meaning the player's not ready uh, at that point to get the recruiting interest that maybe the player and the family have in mind. Um, and so, and if you're a, a parent or you're a player or you're a, a coach on listening in, you're probably you've heard or, you, or you're getting a ton of camp emails and invites uh, to different showcases, uh, especially if you're at the high school 
uh, age, age range. Um, so with that being said, um, being very strategic, uh, how you select the right camps uh, is important. Um, I know as an organization, when, when we're advising our families that we work with in players, um, a very, very large majority of the time we're telling them, no, that's not a good camp for you. That's not a good fit. Um, uh, or if we're on the fence, then we'll evaluate. Let's find out if that school is still recruiting for your position in your grad year uh, and being able to qualify the time and energy and money that would be spent uh, to go to that to go to that camp. Um, so number two was the in-person um, evaluating uh, is huge and, and part of the recruiting process, but it needs to be very strategic. Um, the third one is making sure that as a player and um, you have as many quality references of other coaches and um, relationships that can help with um, giving you uh, an advantage with college coaches because college coaches have a very difficult time. And I'll just give you kind of an idea uh, on, on why, and that is they're limited on time to recruit. The NCAA has rules that limit how many days they can recruit and what parts of the year. They're limited um, on time because they're also managing their own team and trying to coach and, and, and play. Um, and then number two is uh, they're limited on, on their budget. They're not have unlimited recruiting budgets to just go travel, you know, to see players play on a, on a whim. They have to really think about how they're going to use their, their recruiting budget to be able to see and go to different events. Uh, that makes sense, which is why the summer and the fall are typically um, the key times. Uh, and then, um, you know, the third thing is college coaches are getting hit up and emailed and contacted um, at most schools by hundreds of different student athletes almost on a weekly basis. So it's tough to, you know, filter the noise um, of how many players are out there uh, showing interest in their school. So college coaches uh, more than ever before are going, all right, who else can I talk to uh, that's seen this player or knows this player? Um, and that's where the relationships, uh, you know, come into the fold um, as the third part of maximizing uh, the evaluation. And what college coaches, you know, want is they want to be able to get a trusted scouting report and insight into that player, um, why they would be a good fit for their school, what their ability um, athletically, from a skill standpoint and academically, and their character and intangibles look like uh, to be part of that recruiting process. So um, I just wanted to share that. Hopefully that really, uh, you know, weighed in on uh, or helped um, kind of go over that, uh, that question. Um, so let me move on, um, to a few more here. Um, let's see. All right. This parent asks, why do college coaches have zero relationships with parents? Um, any thoughts on how to build a relationship with them? Division two athletes. So this is a player who is at the college level. And I would say the, um, this college coaches have a challenge, have a challenging job, and that is to try to manage uh, many different personalities uh, and relationships. And so what college coaches is the ability to um, build close and trusted relationships with parents um, during the recruiting process. They have to they want to be careful 
yes, they're recruiting the student athlete and yes, they're recruiting, you know, the family as a package. Um, but you know, you can imagine that college coaches, um, want to be mindful of not, you know, they, they, they want to set some boundaries on how accessible they are. Uh, because we've also heard some very challenging situations where parents at the high school level, you know, think that a college coach is so accessible that they can just, you know, keep texting them on a regular basis, um, or calling them on a regular basis. Um, you know, it, imagine, <laughs> imagine your son's working at some, you know, company and you're calling your son's boss to check in. Um, that, that's what it feels like, you know, to college coaches. And it's also important to give space to your son so that they can start to, um, you know, be able to step up or your daughter, if they're, you know, in the recruiting process, um, to be able to step up and become their own, uh, their own adult. And um, so that that's important. And there are definitely areas where the student athlete and the parents should be part of the conversation with the coaches together. Uh, one thing we coach up our uh, parents and players on is, you know, what questions make sense for the player to ask by themselves versus what, what questions make sense for the parent to be part of the conversation with the, uh, with the player and the coach. And then what questions make sense for potentially the parent to ask with the coach um, individually. Uh, and usually the, the individual or the parent related questions typically come around um, the finances and understanding, you know, what's going to be the overall financial package scholarship that gets put together because student athletes typically don't know, um, you know, all of the insights into the family financial situation as much as obviously parents do. So um, I'm going to take about another 10 minutes. You guys can continue to DM us if you have um, other questions. Um, so here's a question. Um, what's the difference in recruiting process with JUCO to JUCO and Division One, JUCO to Division One. Uh, so junior college baseball is a great platform um, for certain players. It's not for everybody by any means. Um, it's a different, uh, typically different um, style of, of kind of development in baseball, but junior college does have a lot of, a lot of advantages. Cost, uh, the time for training, uh, the potential for playing time, depending on the player and the situation. Uh, but junior college baseball can also be very competitive. So it isn't just as simple as like, oh, yeah, I didn't get recruited, you know, to go um, to these schools that I wanted to go to. So I'm just going to go JUCO and, you know, I'm, I'm just going to have an easy time uh, for playing time and uh, everything's going to work out. And then I'm going to go, you know, after junior college, I'm going to go to the Division One level. Um, and the reality is a large majority of players that go the junior college route move on uh, to non-Division One schools. So um, Division two, three, and AI uh, level schools. Um, so still a small percentage of players go from JUCO to D1. And it's a pretty, it's a pretty small percentage. Um, and that's, partially that's just because you got college baseball. Um, you know, there's only so many uh, Division One you know, schools that are out there. And whatever sport, um, you know, that is, there's, you know, the, the, the percentage of division one is going to be less than if you count division two, three, NAIA and, uh, and junior college as well. Um, so, um, let me, let me look at another question and, um, all right. So, all right, here's a parent. So 
I'm a parent of a baseball player. I'm curious about the college level breakdown. Is that on your website? So this was, um, this was a question from the last recruiting Q and a we did on Sunday. And that was um, where we went in detail on um, talking about the 10 different levels uh, of college baseball, because we've broken, we've broken them down. Um, so for instance, if you think about Vanderbilt, Mississippi state, um, TCU, uh, these programs have been perennially very strong. Uh, so that's like the top level of college baseball. So those guys are typically looking at, just to give you an idea, a player who's coming out of high school as a senior that they've already signed and offered and, and, and recruited um, as a right-handed pitcher that that, that program uh, is typically going to look at someone who's throwing low to mid-90s as a velocity uh, from a right-handed pitcher. So what I went on and I told in the last uh, call was um, there are, or the last Twitter spaces, there are, we've broken college baseball into 10 different levels, not just Division One, Two, Three, NAI, JUCO. Um, and, and the reason we do that is because when we're working with student athletes and advising um, families in the process, we need to be able to build out a target list of schools that make sense to those players and to that uh you know, to that family. Um, so for those of you that maybe just are joining us, um, we're going to, Willie was on earlier and um, his voice was shot. He did a team building exercise on Thursday, Friday, and literally, uh, you know, sounds like, um, yeah, I told him he sounded like Marge Simpson, you know, yelling at Homer Simpson. His voice was just really scratchy and not a lot to, uh, not a lot to project. So we're going to redo um, and we're going to go in depth with uh, the, the ASU head coach Bloomquist uh, interview uh, on Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific and 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. So right now I'm just I've been kind of addressing different recruiting Q&A questions that have come through. So and we're, I'm going to go about another five minutes. So if anybody else has, uh, you can DM, uh, DM me and I'll be able to answer them. So. Uh, we got a question that came in. I'm a freshman in college, got hurt, couldn't play this year. What's the best way to find a place to play for the 22-23 season? Um, so question is, um, are you still on the roster at that school, just injured? Um, are you going to be – are you getting a red shirt, uh, you know, medical red shirt uh, situation at that school? Uh, and is that school still the school that you want to stay at and play at? Um, is the uh, is the other big questions. Um, so uh, in terms of, you know, wanting to play next season, um, those are some things that you got to figure out. Um, if you are, you know, on the uh, on the roster at a certain college at the NCAA level and you want to move somewhere else, you're going to have to talk to your compliance and and, and athletic administration to see about transferring. Um, if you are not on a roster, uh, then what it comes down to and is able to show what you look like as a player and um, where you're at with your injury status uh, to be able to update coaches. Um, and coaches will still recruit, you know, players that um, as long as as long as a you're going to be academically eligible, b you're athletically eligible and healthy to play, um, then. Coaches are willing, uh, you know, to, to look at players to potentially recruit. Um, and college coaches have, have gotten players from a variety of different, um, you know, channels. It's not always just as traditional as like, okay, 
um, this player had to take the traditional route and come through high school or JUCO. So uh, I'd keep your mind open. I would, you know, since you DM'd us, um, feel free, send us some video. Uh, and that goes for anybody on the, on the, uh, you know, on the space right now. If you all have um, video or a Twitter profile or a video on some other website, um, feel free. One thing we do is we do a ton of um, player evaluations uh, to, to look at, you know, players and be able to evaluate. Um, and you can DM those, uh, to us, just say, Hey, I was on the space. Um, I'd like to, uh, you know, I'd like to get an honest evaluation and then send us some video of it, whether it's your son or it's you as a player, or if you're a coach, uh, and you have a player or a couple players, like we'll, uh, we'll, we'll evaluate and give honest feedback. Um, you know, as an organization, we, we get, um, people emailing us, DMing us, um, you know, all the time. And we only, we've strictly limit, um, who we choose uh, to work with, uh, in the advice college advising and recruiting process, because the things got to line up, um, for us to be a good fit on the athletic academic and the player and parents kind of personality and, and their coachability uh, as well. Because as you can imagine, if we tell a family, Hey, we don't, we don't see uh, these certain schools as options um, based on where your son is. Um, you know, some families, um, that's not uh, what they want to hear. Um, however, we do say this is what we think. And these are the type of schools that I think should be, you know, aware of your son right now. Uh, and here would be the plan um, to help maximize that recruiting interest and in offers. Um, so that is our approach. At the end of the day, we just want to help uh, a select number of players have as many quality recruiting opportunities and offers and make the best college decision because I'll finish it off with this. And that is if you're in this recruiting process as a family um, or you're a coach who's helping other players in the recruiting process, finding the right college fit um, is the most important thing. And that's not very easy uh, to do based on how competitive uh, college recruiting is because there's, a lot of other players that would love to play college ball, um, but the percentages say uh, that a, f a few um, are able to do it. It's, it's a smaller percentage. Um, you know, for Division One, it's 2% are going to play Division One baseball. Um, for the other levels, it's just over, uh, you know, 9% counting D2, D3, NAI, and junior college. So just over 11% in total of high school players and junior college players will, you know, will, uh, or sorry, high school players will move on to play college baseball. Um, so having a plan, having uh, an approach, um, you know, when you go through this process is really important, whether you do it on your own or you get help, uh, you know, professionally. So um, for those that um, are, are interested in having us evaluate, you know, video or any metrics that you have on a player or your son or, um, if you're a player, just DM us um, or click the link in our bio and there's a evaluation request questionnaire on the link in our bio as well. So um, I am going to wrap this up uh, for today. We will be back on Monday with Willie Bloomquist for a full interview um, at four o'clock Pacific, seven o'clock Eastern. And then we're going to successfully line up more Twitter spaces uh, with more guest speakers, um, college coaches, um, 
other uh, professional, uh, you know, baseball contacts that we have as well from on the pitching development side, on the hitting development side, catching development. Uh, we're, we're excited with what we got scheduled uh, for the rest of the winter and the spring here coming up. So want to thank you for your time. Um, DM us if we didn't get to a question that you had or DM us uh, if you got video uh, for us to evaluate of your son or if you're a player, uh, feel free. And uh, we're here to support you guys. And uh, education on this recruiting process is, is the number one um, you know, way to really understand Ultimately, again, it goes back to making the best college decision possible. So have a great rest of your Super Bowl weekend, and um, thanks for your time. Take care. your own or you, you get help, uh, you know, professionally. So, so, um, for those that, um, to, um, are, are interested in having us evaluate, you know, video or any metrics that you have on a player or your son, or, um, if you're a player, just DM us, um, or click the link in our bio and there's a evaluation request questionnaire on the link in our bio as well. So, um, I am going to wrap this up uh, for today. We will be back on Monday with Willie Bloomquist for a full interview um, at four o'clock Pacific, seven o'clock Eastern. And then we're going to successfully line up more Twitter spaces uh, with more guest speakers, um, college coaches, um, other uh, professional, uh, you know, baseball contacts that we have as well from, on the pitching development side, on the hitting development side, catching development. Uh, we're, we're excited with what we got scheduled uh, for the rest of the winter and the spring here coming up. So want to thank you for your time. Um, DM us if we didn't get to a question that you had or DM us uh, if you got video uh, for us to evaluate of your son or if you're a player, uh, feel free. And uh, we're here to support you guys. And uh, education on this recruiting process is, is the number one um, you know, way to really understand 
ultimately, again, it goes back to making the best college decision possible. So have a great rest of your Super Bowl weekend, and um, thanks for your time. Take care. Thanks for being part of the Realities of College Recruiting podcast and our partner, Five Tool Baseball. You can easily subscribe on iTunes and check us out online at Sports Force Baseball for every past episode of our podcast. If you want to ask questions, share insights, and recommend future guests, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Force BB and Facebook under Sports Force Baseball. Be sure to join us on our next episode of the Realities of College Recruiting podcast. And remember, your college decision isn't a four-year one, it's a 40-year one.